Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, good night, and all of those in between to people all around the world listening to another KG. We are here! Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, how are you? We are here today. I'm doing well. I have a quote to begin this podcast. Yeah. Here we go. Say it. Say it. Quote. We want to be considered for the playoff spot. We're not just content to be playing for a group of five spot on New Year's Day. And End quote. And Who he, said that? He's shouting it from the highest building in the city of Providence in the state of Rhode Island. Commissioner of the, of the American Athletic Conference, a football conference. That is a group of five that is about to jump into the power five. Mike Oresco. About to jump into the who and the what? And the who and the what, yeah. Oh, what? He's he talking about getting into a playoff spot. Yeah. He, he ain't talking about just this, this, this easing into it. He got three teams that's legitimate. Legitimate. And one team was off this week, Temple. No, no, Tim, well, no, Temple beat UCF last night. They had to come back no, from behind it. Hey, my fault. Yeah. But the Commissioner Oresco is beaming right now as Wildcat touched on. The American Athletic Conference is no longer the act when it comes to football. Nope. They're in the football business because they have three teams in the top 25 of both polls, the AP and the coaches poll, following Memphis' upset win over an SEC school. Who Old no, Miss yesterday. Who normally when, they, when they're 14. outside the SEC are winning games. They got roasted yesterday. Memphis, UH, and Temple are all 6-0. Memphis is 18th ranked. The Cougars are 21st ranked. And Temple is 22nd ranked in the AP poll. In the coaches poll, Memphis is 17. The Cougars are 22nd and Temple is 24. So, as I said, three teams. Three 6-0 teams. I think three of the five. Remaining unbeaten teams are in the American Athletic Football Conference. So we might as well little postpone basketball season for a little while. Right, hey. how long this wave can, <laughs> we, we can, can wait. Go. We can wait until January. We can wait until January. Right now, but we're not going to do that because in less than two weeks we'll be in, hey. in Orlando hey. for basketball media day. Yeah, and I'm sure the commissioner will have his chest out. You know, beaming for a little bit. And saying, we actually got to. Chris, good to see you. <laughs> we you actually got football team to do it? You see how we're doing the football now? <laughs> good yeah. for him. Oh, and I'm going to tell you, it's a long time coming. Now, you got a little excited in the beginning. I think this was all positive movement. Yeah. And I would hate to. But they're not going to no power five. Let's not get carried away. Suggest that they're going to power five. I have to stop you there. This is your stepping record. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That the professor. Said not so fast, my friend. Okay, hey, I tell you what, right now. But they're doing but, what they can do and what they need to do to make a make a statement. I think that's and they should generally what we're trying and they to should. talk about. So, they should and they need much kudos for that respect. But I told you, I'm not that excited about the SEC. So the fact that Mississippi went down um, no. doesn't surprise me. No. Even though they had that big win over Alabama, and you kind of look at what Alabama did to Texas A&M, where I. Can't believe he left that quarterback in so long, throwing three pick six. Right, and I, I, I hadn't seen that in a long time. What do you attribute that to? Not just, just having a, a gut feeling and saying he'll, he'll he'll work his way through it. Or, I think or, he was on that tweener line where he thought the games were just close enough, so he wanted to stick it out, thinking maybe he could make a play or two. Um, he before the half he brought in the young yeah, Kyler, yeah, and I thought he did really well. Um, 
with his play there, he just ran out of time and he got him in the field goal position for a pretty, it was a long field goal, but a makeable field goal. Mm-hmm. Missed it, so he wasn't able to do anything that way. He went back with the other arm, and I, I think it was a mistake uh, to go with their quarterback. Obviously, hindsight is definitely, you know, you can look at it now like that, but thought it was crazy. thought it was interesting how Oklahoma decided to make a statement <laughs> shutting out Kansas. You know State. what? It's the same Kansas State that took TCU. Either that be down, and that's just kind of what Bob. And the same Bob, Oklahoma that laid an egg against the Longhorns. We before. Right, that hey. just seems like what Bob Soup does. You know, he well beat up it, on some people really regular, but some big games. He'll come through for you. Some other big games, he'll let you down. Well, 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 let me let me ask you this then: Was it more so they find themselves offensively, or did that defense just rise? I up? think it's just some of those games. Sometimes I don't think we need to really overthink it. I think some of those games. One thing we forget a lot of times, we're still talking about young men, oh, yeah. relatively speaking. So oftentimes, as we saw with Texas, when they got on that roll against uh, OU, you know, they started feeling comfortable. They started believing in themselves. And there's a lot to be said, said for kids that are talented that they don't necessarily have that same level of confidence. Uh, and when they do get the confidence going, they start to roll. So you'll see that. I mean, you see, we'll talk about that a little more with the HBCU uh, sports uh, with the big upset win for a lot of people, according to the rankings, it was with Prairie View going down to Baton Rouge, which they hadn't done third time that they've won down there in like 27 years, nearly 30 years. I didn't know it was that That's long. changed a little bit over the last 10 years. They've been down there twice and got a win to kind of give you some ideas that obviously Prairie View is playing a different brand of football and taking football a lot more seriously at the FCS and HBCU SWAC level, obviously. To, to get it done, and they have beaten um, Southern and have a win streak against Southern over the last five years, seven years even. So those are kind of things. But you start to ride, and it's just kind of like what you saw with the Michigan-Michigan State game. Oh, God. Which just is – That was – age is unbelievable. I mean, it's, to, for everybody to watch watching that trans- site, you say at that time, you know, you just lay on the ball, obviously. And I'm sure he wishes Don't be a he was of, but you're in the middle of the moment and you just make that blunder. We saw it again with the University of Texas where the kicker just yeah. drops the ball. And um, it can happen on any level, but you see it a lot more when you look at between the collegiate level and the professional level and why everything about the collegiate level is professional. We forget the fact that they are actually young people. Not to say that I still don't believe that, they, that I do believe that they should have uh, the ability to be paid, that's a whole different discussion, but I'm always going to put that into the podcast so people know where I stand on that. But I did want to take a bigger picture of all the framework we discussed with, and again, saying that the American job well done with a big win on Friday by the Cougars. 42-7 to seven over Tulane. And I watched part of that game, and they looked really well. I mean, it wasn't uh, the fact that uh, Tulane, they just physically outplayed and manhandled Houston Cougars, and I just keep hearing about what you all talk about, the line play and some concerns, but uh, they're just physical front, and they just find a way to get it done. So it's amazing what can happen when you have a very solid coach. And, again, that solid coach is not only good in terms of what they do in terms of game planning, but also very solid in regards to how they provide confidence to a team Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how it can get rolling. You can tell U of H is playing as a very confident team. And, again, kudos for them. As we touch on and brag on, you got a headline at ESPN about the American uprising with three teams in the AP Top 25. It's a great thing, but let's be realistic. 
the big boys, the Power Five schools will come calling for these head coaches at now, Memphis, Temple, and U of H. We said it right here two weeks ago before Spurrier actually announced that he was going to retire that uh, U of H may be, uh, the coach of U of H may be a lead candidate they want to go after. And you were suggesting you would hope that he would stay at least two, three, three years, years. Uh, to make a run at a conference championship and put U of H on very stable setting. So now that the ball coaches left, as you talk about, they're going to call him calling. And sometimes it's intriguing because you see coaches getting dismissed and whether they're on the road or not. And we all, as sports people or even fans, get excited about that. But if, if you're a team that's at that second level, you really don't want to see a lot of changes. And the thing is, after Memphis beat Ole Miss yesterday, I mean, well, during the fourth quarter and the game was winding down, national media was already speculating that coach head coach Justin Fuente was would be coaching elsewhere in a, a Big Five school next season. It's just, it was like it's a, it's a done deal that he's gone. There's nothing Memphis can do about it. So you have uh, Coach Rule at Temple and Coach Tom Herman at U of H. It's a question of how much money do they want to stay? How much those big boys are going to offer? I also you think, know, and I'm, how much are they comfortable at where they are? Work. Right, and and I was going to jump on that, and I think there's a key thing. A lot of these really talented coaches um, have been around different organizations, and I think they understand it's not just about them; it's also about the organization. So I think a lot of them are going to be looking for what we sell in any organization of what is the right fit. So just because there's a big school out there that is a power five. If those coaches don't see it really as a good fit in terms of where the athletic director is, where they're going, those kind of things, um, can he recruit at that place to compete with other schools in the conference he's going to be at? I think some coaches are a little more leery in understanding of that it has to really be a good fit before they just bolt. And that's why you've seen uh, like Coach Strong, who a lot a couple of places went after him but he noticed there wasn't quite free so he was looking for a certain area uh, that he wanted to go if he was going to leave Louisville so I think that's another component is what schools will actually be picking on and what type of relationships he has with those institutions or conferences how familiar they are with those conferences and where do they ultimately want to go as they move up the trajectory of their career ladder It'll be interesting. The American website, Temple, Memphis overpowers number 12, number 13 ranked Ole Miss. I tell you, the conference is in the football business right now, man. They're they're happy. They're proud of their football team's success. And basketball season is right around the corner. So, and they still have good teams in basketball, you you know, on men's side and especially on women's side. You got the the queen of the mountaintop looking (laughs) down on, on her subjects. And hoping for a challenge to come up at some point in this season won't be in the conference, but uh, you know, unfortunately. But hey, it is what it is for right now at this point. At this at this point in time. But U of H plays UCF, who I believe is still winless yeah. on the season yeah. on Saturday the twenty fourth, and that's in Orlando. And uh, we'll see if our colleague will be able to stay around for a few more days for basketball media day. Because in Orlando, 
So uh, don't know yet. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, the Cougars have to keep winning, and as the um, national writers, bottom line of this business, isn't it? Got to win. Hell yeah, you got to yeah. win. U of H and Memphis play. Let's see, Memphis plays U of H and Temple on back-to-back weeks. So that's going to determine a lot. And Navy is win. Cougars play Navy at the end of the season. So there's, there's a game between those two. Oh, a lot of, yeah, yeah. The uh, U of H Memphis game, let's see, I want to say it should be coming up here. I think it's on the 7th. I think like the 7th and 14th back-to-back games for Memphis. I, I believe that is how it's going to play out. But uh, let's see. You got Cougars on the 24th, UCF. Then they got, as they started putting on Twitter, a visit from the SEC on Halloween is Vanderbilt. But <laughs> tweets are a visit from the SEC. You yep. got to sell your product. So sell your product that way. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yes, Memphis comes to U of H on November 14th. And I'm sure that will be on ESPN TV of some sort. And then Memphis and Temple on the 21st, week after. And the Cougs played Navy on the 27th. That's a Friday. So it's Thanksgiving Friday when the Cougs played Navy. Is that? This, I think that's my travel weekend for uh, Las Vegas. Somebody's tournament is scheduled. Well, that's that sounds like a you problem. Yeah. That's that's not. Well, that's, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my trip. And I want to try to get this, get that I'm, tweet, I'm, that hashtag, uh, national, international, whatever. That's a you problem. So yeah. start hashtagging. That's a you problem. I love it on Twitter and see how we can get that going. All right. You know, too bad that Reagan guy, his football team lost to Lamar yesterday, but uh, he doesn't get on Twitter too much. So he can't even hashtag. That's a you problem. See if he if he went to <laughs> U of H and Waltrip, he could know how to tweet. <laughs> Things like that, but he's, yeah, you know, and your your Walter buddy, uh, he 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 was flashing his chest down last night. Who he, Denzel? Uh, Who? No, uh, uh, your Walter buddy at, uh, over at the uh, over at my, over at the building last night at the game. Which one are you talking about? I got I got a lot of buddies. Dummy. Who? Dummy. Oh, we won't get into all that. Yeah. Anyway. So we talked about that at the building last night. Let's talk real quick about the uh, Rockets-Miami Heat preseason game. Miami won. Uh, score is irrelevant. Who cares? Uh, 105-100, I believe, was the final score. But after the game, during the game, Terrence Jones banged heads with Heat 40. Donis Haslam. Initially, uh, Terrence Jones was was uh, mentioned as having look at it, having his jaw examined. Then after the game, they announced that he was undergoing concussion protocol. I haven't heard much about that, any results of, of that yet. But, as you know, Miami has a Guy V. Lewis award winner, a Houston area product, or two, Gerald Green from Gulf Shores Academy, hey, but the Guy V. Lewis award winner and national champion him. for Duke Blue Devils, Justice Winslow, on their squad. And, you know, Justice being a first-round pick, I think he went 10th. And, after, you know, he drafted him. Basketball world was... Pat Riley does it again. Miami got a steal. What is Riles bamboozled? And uh, folks let the Heat get another superstar in the making. All this, you know, all this kind of stuff. I talked to a beat writer for the Heat last night and asked him what's Justice's role expected to be this season. Justice is going to be the seventh man. Wow. Okay. So he'll be. Not the sixth man, not the first man off the bench. The second man off the bench. He's going to be the facilitator because right now his shot is horrible. <laughs> it happens. 
that guys that, that don't is realize what that, I was told directly. Guys don't realize how much of a change that is with an adjustment of trying to get a shot off in that league yeah. until they get there. So he's going to ask, you know, very great point. penetrate and dish, play good defense, and uh, get some assists, but they're not going to look for him to be much of a scorer, just kind of a glue guy, thing yeah. like that, right. until he gets his shot improved. Yeah. I can, I can I can I can see that because two two things you got to look at not only big and stronger but the guys are a lot quicker. They understand what they got to do defensively to to push you on one end and knock you off the game on the other. Um, and the other thing is, it's one thing to see those guys in off season when you see them in the gym, you know, going back and forth. I always remember something. There's a point, a two-minute point in a game on any level in any part that you see what got them to the league and what kept them there. Not over a sustained, peri- a sustained period of 12 minutes a quarter. Guys don't pace themselves real a lot once the season starts. But during off-season, they always pace. Mm. They always pace. It, it, it gives us, you know, the, the smiles and those laughs and all and, and those oohs and ahs. <laughs> but during the season, when they've got in a structured system, a lot different mentality. So justice being justice, he'll, uh, he'll adjust. Oh, I, 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 he, he'll I expect adjust. him to. It's just going to take him a while to uh, improve his shot. His shot release has to get quicker. Gotta get more work on the shot. Things of that sort. He's got to learn. He has to learn how to be an NBA shooter. Well, Clyde did. He went through that that, that learning period you exactly know, as he came into uh, uh, into the league. So I don't see no difference because Justice is he's he's a hard worker. Yeah, he's willing to listen to the coaches, work yep. on his game, and improve his game. So it's not any doubt in my mind that that's going to get done. It's just going to take him some time to get that done. I took a picture of Justice Gerald Green. Listening to uh, veteran Lou Aldang, you can go to uh, Instagram, my Houston Rumbar View uh, account on Instagram and see that picture really and nice. a few other pictures up there. And the people are starting to follow me on Instagram now. Slowly but surely, the, the people, uh, my Instagram followers are increasing as well. You know, it's basketball season now, so I have people yeah, follow me. That explains the thing. With uh, pictures from U of H Media Day, we heard from Coach Kelvin Sampson and Coach Ronald Huey, so we can go to Instagram for that, my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review, as well as a Wildcast blog. and see uh, interviews that he did with the uh, Cougar players, men and women, because despite the fact that the conference is not a football conference, <laughs> basketball season <laughs> is around the corner. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. We're going to hey. piggyback on basketball. We're going to s- segue into uh, HBCU. But, Doc. Yes. Swagcat Media Day, basketball, basketball Media Day last week. They did. And TSU they did. was picked to win both men and women. They, 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 had, a, they had a basketball con- a, a teleconference. Teleconference. Yep, you can call like, in and get the information. Like Conference USA will have a teleconference at the end of this month for that Media Day. Yeah. It's a dying breed traveling. The American is one of the last conferences that, that will actually travel for Media Day. Yeah. I think with the women, it was a lot easier. They have a lot of people coming back. People saw how they dominated the league. Obviously, Southern will be in the mix at the top. They lost some key players. And they'll probably come down to those two. Somebody will get in the ointment, try to get it going. Oh, but Doc, the poll got Alabama State picked second on the women's side. They made a run last then year. Southern. Remember, they won the tournament. With, you know. With a lot of the players coming back. With so. some help. Right. 
You know, it happens when yeah, it helps right. when you get people fighting and leaving, leaving the bench and losing yeah. that damn mind, getting suspended and stuff. So, yeah, from yeah. The with yeah, because they don't have enough players to play in it. So, those are the teams that are going to be in the hunt this year again. Can, on the men's side, can you say real quick? Can yes. can you say? Give any info on THU's Jasmine Parker health status? Yeah, she's she's healthy. So she's expected to come back. She's and supposed to come back. Right. She's been. I know personally. I've seen her, so I can say that. I've okay. seen her working out quite See, a bit. That, 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 no, no, that works for me now. That works I for mean, me. I mean, I I knew that. Expected that as well. I wonder if the SWAC folks forgot about her. Yeah, I think so. Or because she is not on on either the first or second team all SWAC. I think they forgot about her from that standpoint. And I'm like, okay. And SWAC has always been a lead. It's pretty much you know while you're here, we'll do your praise if you get injured. Forget about it. You saw the same thing in football with Bloom coming back off injury. That yeah. was the preseason yep. All American last year. Yep. He didn't get any love. Courtney Brown, yep. first preseason running back for Prairie View. Bloom, I was for Texas Southern. Courtney Brown. Those are people on my watch list because I understood what they had the ability. And Bloom was playing really solid uh, as well as he could. That's why you're the data doctor. Thank you. And then Courtney Brown is really uh, helping Prairie View uh, offensively just put up ridiculous numbers as you're talking about top four in the league and that's going to go up this week in terms of what they were able to put up against Southern so they are very solid on the men's side I think it'll be interesting I think it's a lot more in regards to the respect that they have for Texas Southern's coach uh, mm-hmm. Davis Yep. from the fan point because he's going to have actually a new group of players come in uh, point guard Gibbs is gone that's, uh, that's been all everything four years for Texas Southern University will be interesting. And, and they that, are getting uh, that, that helps out of coaching a lot when you you got stability at the point guard. So. No, no question about it. But they are bringing in some young guns. Uh, they got some kids transferred in JUCO. Some kids coming in from different schools, as he's done in the past couple of years. So I think they're going to be pretty solid in what you'll see from getting done in basketball. So I have no doubt that they're going to be in the hunt. And if they're not careful, you'll find that they'll actually run away with it both uh, in terms of what's going on on the men's and women's side if you would now doc let's see um, on the men's side I think Ladarius Tab from Alabama A&M was named yeah he's legit uh, in terms of one individual he's going to need a little more help in terms of getting Alabama A&M over the hunt but I think they should be in the hunt top, in terms of top five when you look at what they're going to be able to do at that level. So it'll be interesting. Um, you have um, the the kid from New York, Jose, coming back off an of injury. Okay. He's been practicing really strong. Uh, he's a confident guy. You know, most guys are for Well, that's true. Uh, but in terms of what he did on the, uh, the injury, he's coming back. And this is a kid that put up, had a game while he was there to put up 30 points uh, against some what we call tier one competition in mm-hmm. terms of the power five conferences. So he's going to be in the mix. You get him back, uh, which gives you a lot of talent in terms of what's going on. Um, and got a couple of other players back on the roster. So it, it'll be interesting mix when you look at this team and just to see how well they can do, how quickly they can jail. Um, obviously, I know it was a lot more difficult for Texas Southern to land non-conference games in two different ways. I think it's, I thought it was interesting to find this out. Oh. One, for people not wanting to schedule, and the <laughs> ones with scheduling would not pay them as much 
as they've done in the past. Uh, I'm not taking so, a butt kicking. So yeah, they're afraid. I, I'm, I'm not taking a yeah, butt kicking. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay for. I'm not taking a butt kicking. And in case I said, all right, I'm gonna play you because we need to play. I'm not gonna pay you as much just in case something happens. Yeah, we just don't want to say that we get so now giving you a to, big old check. It's not a piggyback. Now to piggyback on it, listen, listen to the non-conference schedule. There's one game, one game, one non-conference game. Well, two in the state of Texas. Neither one of those two is inside H and P Arena. I can so believe all that. All non-conference games on the road. I can believe okay? that. First, New Mexico. They go to Al- Albuquerque. Albuquerque going to the pit. They can, they can win that game. The next, the next night, they play Creighton in Nebraska. I hate those kind of travel games. You just uh-huh. be doing that at the college level, playing back-to-back travel yeah. like that. You know, anyway. So that's yeah, going right. that's going from Albuquerque to, uh, to, to yeah. Omaha. Yeah. Yes. Pretty tough. Then Clemson. How many days in between? Five days. So okay, okay. I, I'll just give the dates. November thirteenth, New Mexico. Okay. November November fourteenth, Creighton. November nineteenth, uh-huh. Clemson. Okay. November twenty third. See this way. See you see me being being Vegas for this. November twenty third, they play Howard. Yeah, I'm supposed to try to make that trip. Doc, yeah, we're rolling down the highway to go. I scheduled to make that trip, yeah. I should say. All right, then. Well, that's like the and then hey. November 25th, they play the winner of, or well, I guess the loser, whatever. They either play UTSA or Central Arkansas, also in the Nevada. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Then, November 28th, Washington State, the other Cougars. Yes, the other. <laughs> That's right. Don't get that twisted. The ones who spell Coog wrong when they say go Cougs wrong. Whatever. December 1st, you go to Starkville, play Mississippi State. December 5th, Nacogdoches, they play Stephen F. Austin. That should be a fun game right there. I hope that game's on TV somewhere. There's GSU and Stephen F. Austin. I don't know, Doc. That I I, I make, That's I make, one we need to roll to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, oh, should, yeah. that should be a good game. Oh, yeah. November, yeah. I mean, December 12th. I'll feed you up that, Doc. Central Michigan. It's going to be cold up there. It's going to be real cold. Two days after Christmas, they go up to the Bayheims and play Syracuse oh. on December 27th. And that's, that's a madhouse. That's a, that's yes. a madhouse by itself. And Last then, time you all went was during the, the world traveling games when you all made the, the, the road trip when uh, Coach Courtney was here. Yep. Oh, man. That was, that was a nightmare non-conference schedule that. December 29th. Baylor, and then December thirty first, they play Hampton. I guess it's part of a classic because it's in Birmingham. Yeah, part of a classic. Okay, and then I didn't hear y'all say any wins out of that though. Y'all didn't give me no L's and W's. So we got. What, I thir- think they go five hundred games. I think they go. I think they can go five hundred out of the game. I got to see them before I really get into what they can do conference wise. But you're looking at me all crazy and all this. Hey, this, I, I think I'm, they. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they get three or four wins. Okay, that's, that's yeah, that's more realistic. So, so you can't see for, uh, more than uh, more than five wins out of that. We got. Can you, uh, do, you, can you at least see five one, wins two, out of that? Three. Uh, let's go. I'll do it again. Okay. New Mexico. No. Creighton. It's Big E school now. Right. I had to. I don't recall what Creighton had. Yeah, then that's what I'm trying to. Uh, Clemson. No. no. Howard. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's one. Okay. UTSA Central Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. Both of them. Two. Either one of those. Washington State. I don't know what they got coming back. Mississippi State. No. No. Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. 
No. Mm, I'm going to say no. Mm, I don't know about that. That's one of the best teams in the state right there. That's, I, I bet nobody knows about. Right. But and, I don't know what they not, have coming back. I know the nah, last two years and they I'll, I'll lost the, some things. So I'd be interested to see uh, are they in a rebuilding mode or are they well, just and, and I'm not going to as our podcast. But I can we'll, we'll get. I wouldn't say yeah. I wouldn't count it as a win right now. But as we get a little closer, sure. I'll get the chance. Central to. Michigan. That's one I think you can get. Yeah. Okay, that's three. Syracuse. No. Well, wait a minute, now. Oh, that, that's, that's more than three now because you said the Howard UTSA. That's three. In Central Michigan. That's three. We're that's not three. counting Stephen of Austin. Okay. You he are. Counts. We're not counting. Okay, all right. You got four. Yeah. Syracuse, no. Baylor, right. no. Never. And Hampton. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we got four. You got five. Yeah. And that's it. Three or that's four. Five or, that's five and eight. Yep. So, yeah, that's not six and seven and now, seven and six. I'm going to ask this question. Are they capable of stealing one of those, one of those eight? Yes. That before anything gets started. From what I've seen and what they're working with on practice, yeah. i got to see how many of those guys are actually going to be in, uh, are playing immediately or do they have to wait until so yeah, the second half of the 12 season. games, 12. So, and four and eight, that. you got them five and seven. Okay. Now, out of that seven. Yep. Uh, you're saying one more. That's six, six. Yeah. You get 500. Yeah. yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. That's not far-fetched. It's not far fit. And and I'm, I'm as going as and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not saying I'm, that, but I'm, I'm going on the side. I'm going on the person that sits in that first chair. Yeah, for hey. that sixth game. Yeah, we we might have to put a stake on this. Can we do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say this sounds like a stake. Yeah, we might have to put a stake on this. We'll see. Class. I'm going with the guy that's sitting in that first chair. Once, oh, of course. I wouldn't. Hell, if he weren't in that first chair, we this wouldn't even be a discussion. <laughs> oh no, huh? we we wouldn't even discuss the season. We just say, okay, this is how we get it playing away on the road, and then bam, somebody making a road trip. <laughs> yes, sir. Because what we're talking about is an HBCU school. Yeah, that's a threat now. Possibly going. That's a threat. Five and seven, six and six. Even with the fact that we're considering it, right. contemplating it. Yep. Shows you where they the, are the now. Great job Mike Davis has done at TSU. Yep. And, and if they go six and six. Especially when you look at that schedule, because I want to be careful here. In the MEAC, MEAC has a lot more of the schools in terms of what you would call your low majors. Right. Those that call it high major, mid major, and low majors. There's a lot more low majors in the uh, conferences, if you would, in the East Coast. So over the last couple of years, you've had North Carolina Central happen during the year. Uh, Norfolk State made a run. Right. And they yeah. would come out of non-conference play, 500. Many of them come out winning records, but they would have three or four games and wins against other low major schools. So I do want to make sure we interject that when we're talking about this conference. is In this particular schedule, I should say, is the fact that you're talking about half of the schedule is basically against uh, high major teams, and you had some mid majors in there, and then just a few low majors. So we were talking about counting four to five of the wins of the low majors. You threw in a mid major win mm-hmm. in there, which gets you, and then a, maybe one high major right. upset in there, which gets you to that 500 mark. Yeah, and so that's why uh, it's a lot more interesting. We're having this conversation, and that's the intriguing part where the stake you comes know, into play. But you know, that's a great RPI absolutely non-conference now let me compare and contrast that to the school that I graduated from <laughs> you, you got that, pr- that I love and that I spend send my money to alright 
November 18th. Okay. I love this school. But. Prairie View. Okay. Next, November 21st, Florida A&M. November 28th. They yeah, play make, more, they play more HBCUs than the yes, HBCUs. Yes. Conferences play. November 28th, Louisiana Monroe. November 30th. He's all at home now. November 30th, Texas Rio Grande Valley. Well, I think it used to be Texas Pan Am, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay, that's that's their games in November. Okay. Because they're not counting the uh, exhibition game on Mo- versus Montana Tech on the 13th. Uh, December 2nd, Murray State. Finally, somebody worth a damn. But. Finally. But. Ain't no but. That's that's no, that's, a, that's a serious squad. He's in a low major conference. But what I'm saying, trying to be a mid major. No, what I'm saying is that, that game could be a lot tougher than 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 than, than what it is looking like I'm on not, the schedule. That's, that's, that's a loss right now. As of right now, uh, the first road game, December eighth, at Rhode Island. December thirteenth, LSU comes to Hawthorne's, the biggest name. On the non-conference schedule, then they're in the uh, Global Basketball Classic. First two rounds at Hawthorne's uh, on the home court of the uh, favorite host teams. December sixteenth, North Carolina Central, another HBCU. December nineteenth, Eastern Illinois. December twenty-first, games in Vegas. Yeah, I'm about to just get there early. This is twenty-first, Grand Canyon. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, what's the name school? Uh, uh, he's got uh, Thunder Dan is, is his coach. Yeah, there. exactly. Dan Marley. Uh huh. December twenty second, Marshall or Wyoming, also in Vegas. That could December be a loss. December twenty eighth, wrap up the non conference versus Nickel State. Really? You scared of Nickel State? Like I said, you scared of Nickel State? I love my school, but compare that non conference schedule to THU's non conference schedule. Now. Do you look at how many wins they get out of that? At, at a, even if let's say by basketball gods, U of H comes out of that situation pretty much unscathed, seriously, and got a winning record. TSU comes out of that situation with let's say four to five wins at the at the most. And who's gonna have a better RPI to start the conference play? Now, just folks, just ask yourselves when you when you look at that schedule at both of those two schedules. Just look, just just think about that now. Oh, there's no question, it'd be TSU. But and, and and the tables will turn once conference play starts. There you go. That's gonna be the key. Because no, oh, no, no, because conference eight RPI, the American is leap years ahead of the SWAC when it comes to that. They're on the opposite side. You know. So I mean, that could be the rationale that. U of H alums, U of H staff will say, well, we're playing a t- tougher conference. It's Hell, I know that. Everybody <laughs> but, knows that. But playing, folks who play non-conference will, does, will not help you prepare for and that, your team that, you that play in conference. You, you, you mention all the time about, you know, playing below your talent and not preparing for conference play, which is what you should be setting yourself Yeah, up. and I usually talk about it on the opposite in terms of the business side, I just think that you're already having a fan base that you're really difficult to get challenged and get into the arena because you're playing in the city market. Mm-hmm. Where you have the Rockets and you have other institutions that have their niche fan base. So you're just not automatically going to drive the city fans that want extracurricular activities 
to come to your game. Uh, so a part of that is how you schedule. Let's be honest. Outside of myself, because I'm an HBCU fan and I want to see FAMU, I want to see North Carolina Central because they're picked to win the MEAC. So this gives me a chance to see them outside of uh, seeing them on television. I get a chance to really see them up close against competition that, that is going to be measurably uh, as they would suggest better than them so I'd like to see how they stick up to see if one maybe they can get the upset but outside of fans that look like myself or in the mold of myself and there's not many of them out there in terms of that has the level of interest of all HBCUs so you'll have some North Carolina Central fans here but this is out of their region as well right. so there's not going to be a large group of them who are you going to get to attend to see their game yeah. So, again, part of schedule also needs to be understanding how do you help market yourself such that you can make this an, a, an event and a want-to-see uh, event where people come in. So, a lot of that is measuring your uh, your competition. So, as they have what, like you said, Texas Rio Grande Valley, One people, most people don't even realize the name change. It's in Texas, but you're talking about a far Mm-hmm. Cry from Texas. So who in this region is going to be excited about seeing U of H match up? I mean, you would be better off if you're going to play teams that you say uh, because of your conference or in that lower tier, if we're going to use that terminology. You'd be better off playing uh, Sam Houston State or Stephen F. Austin mm-hmm. if you're going to do that. At least you might have a galvanization of people in this area that have an interest of seeing a matchup that doesn't happen very often versus you know, playing uh, FAMU. Yes. And FAMU right now is a team, even their fans are struggling to see FAMU. This is a team that won't be eligible for postseason playing basketball this year. Uh, so even the Rattlers fan have a trouble with that. Plus, FAMU is a Southern-based school, so it's more of a football school uh, in regards to the interest of basketball. So you won't even get the general HBCU fan intrigued about this matchup. The one that you might have out there, I said, the North Carolina Central Prairie View, obviously, good regional rivalry, some tie. You can make an argument that you can make that game work in terms of attendance uh, and the ability to put but a they, game. They on won't the market it like that. No, they won't do it. Oh, no, uh-uh. that, for whatever reason, that mentality does not exist. So those are the kind of things. And you, again, you look at uh, Nickel State, um, Grand Canyon, which is a online institution that plays. Uh, so I just think that's that's very intriguing to me in terms of those matchups that you have at home. I just don't know how you sell those games, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, and the kicker is the team's going to be good this year. Yeah, I mean they are. They're going to be a good team. They're going to, they're going to be right, fun to watch. You won't, you but won't you won't have it. people believe that they're good until they yeah. get halfway through the conference and beat somebody solid in the and, conference. And, and see that's you know, part of it. And you'll get the fan base maybe coming in because you're starting to have a team that has twenty some wins, that's getting a couple of big win conference and should be in the top of the conference race. And so you're going to get this lag in terms of your attendance of people coming in late when you could have maybe done it right. A and, and see, it's, it's hard to convince. The non-serious basketball fan. The everyday guy. Why am I going to spend my money to come see you play folks I never heard of? Right. As, as Doc has said. And, and and the only connection will be for that per- particular person, family related. Correct. And then and then you'll only just get or a institutional a, related. Yeah. That's right. That's you right. know. Other than that, you know. Right. Play Rice. Yeah. Play TSU. Yep. Play Stephen F. Austin. Play Texas Tech. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm still in Texas. 
Okay, I haven't gone far. You know, to play folks, people know. Yeah, play in North Texas. You know, still at HBU. Yeah, yep. they, they did that last year. I think it was last. Yeah, I think it was last year. But that's what, and it saves money. That, now that, travel expenses. You don't have to now, pay all them, that much to them to get here. At, at some point, that because Doc, you talk about that all the time on your business uh, when you give your, your business uh, uh, opinions and, and statements. If you can't convince the person in charge, the people in charge, that is financially. Uh, what word am I looking for? That it's feasible, beneficial. yeah, beneficial for you to drive across town and play somebody or bring somebody into your place that you know gonna get a certain amount of fans because they just they just will. Yeah. Something's wrong with you know the, the communication part of that. Well, I think you just have the truth be told is you just have different silos. You have coaches that and they focus on what they want to get done. And they focus on teams they want to play, uh, dates they want to play, and those kind of things. And they don't really don't get into the marketing side of it. But that's when you really have a problem um, of an AD. You'd want an AD that kind of says, look, coach, we're going to let you play a certain amount of matchups, and I'll give you certain games. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we're focusing on what's right for this program in terms of the growth. And you need people to have a good expertise of what that institution is about and how you have to grow it. And maybe they have some thought process of what they're going to do. And maybe over a period of time that they're going to change the scheduling habit and they're just trying to get through this framework now. And so we'll wait and see. But we're speaking on what we see and what we know right now. And it just doesn't all fit the picture in regards to how you want to augment trying to win games and schedule teams with at the same thing with the juxtaposition of trying to put fans in the arena, butts in the seats. Yep. Who are you, sir? I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, professor of sports management at Texas Southern University. And let's talk about HBCUs. You've already touched on how Prairie View went to Baton Rouge and, and ruined Southern's homecoming. Yeah, this was a big week. Uh, let's start right there. I said this This was, we started calling this a sh- separation Saturday. HBCUs, people were talking about some of the bigger games, big games of the week. Uh, I just really got excited this week uh, because I looked at the schedule and I do a, a six-game games to watch. Major HBCU games of the week, if you would. I looked at the schedule and things started falling into place. And I seen on the schedule, first I had number six Prairie View A&M University at number five Southern Jaguars. This was Southern's homecoming. I said this is a top ten matchup, six, five, both in the Western Division. Uh, Southern was undefeated at three and zero, three and two overall. Prairie View one loss to Grambling earlier this year, three and one. Both teams are in the race, need to make a statement. I look a little closer and found out not only was that game need to be featured, we also had Grambling. Grambling top 10 program going over the play all corn. So you had number four Grambling State Tigers 4 and 2 4 and 0 at number one Alcorn State Braves 4 and 1 3 and 0. This was a return matchup for last year. Grambling was the only team to defeat Alcorn State that won the SWAC championship last year. As you see, both teams are undefeated. They're on the opposite side in terms of Eastern West division matchup. So I was like, oh, this was big. Then I look a little closer. Lorman, Mississippi. 
This is Alcorn State's homecoming. So not only you had these top ten matchups, you had these homecoming festivities. So you got a lot of people being <laughs> nah, a lot they, they of They homecoming for one reason now. They, 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 I'm, I'm gonna just tell you. Now it used to be. <laughs> no, no, they changed that. Sometimes really? you, home, you do homecoming to win games. Yeah. No, not anymore in the swag. Swag says we're looking for matchups. Nah. We got our people coming home to see us. We want to make sure they're entertained with the game. In a lot of ways, you see that this coming up next week as I talk about the fact that you have Southern off the loss coming here to Houston. Texas to play Texas Southern University yeah. at their homecoming. So that'll be an interesting matchup as Texas Southern it, is back on the winning side of things. As they and I'm happy Mississippi about Valley that State, too. Beat them up like you should. So that was interesting. But before we move up forward and okay. some of the games to watch this week, I'm not finished. Check this out. Snuck up to the MIAC. We had a top three matchup. You had number three Bethune-Cookman Wildcats 5-1, 3-0 at number two North Carolina A&T State Aggies 4-1, 2-0, so this is two teams undefeated in the conference race, trying to make a statement. Bethune-Cookman has took out South Carolina State the week before. They've been rolling, playing some very good football in terms of going on. Remember, this is the Bethune-Cookman team that went to Gramlin and had that high-scoring affair and beat Gramlin State in terms of, and I just told you what Gramlin was looking at. So I was like, what kind of matchup weekend is this? Then even my uh, independent matchup had uh, Eastern Illinois the Panthers two and three, two and zero. Oh. Now this is not an HBC program, but they were taking on number eight Tennessee State Tigers three and two, zero oh and two in the OVC. As you had a nice OVC matchup, as this was Tennessee State's homecoming. So you had another homecoming matchup. As you see, Tennessee State is 0-2 in the conference race, so they were trying to get back into winning things, and so that was an intriguing one to me. And even when I got into my mid-major groups, when you start looking at it, when you drop into the SIEC, you didn't have two top 10 teams, but you did have the fact that you had one top 10 program, but they were coming out of each division when you had um, Albany State taking on Morehouse. I can give you a little input on that. Albany State just slapped around Morehouse. I was surprised. Top 10 team there. They shut them out. Morehouse, I don't know what's going on. They lost two in a row. So we have to keep your eyes on there to see what's going on there. But then you went in the CIAA, and this game was on versus television. So I got to catch this game. It was a top five matchup. Number three, Bowie State Bulldogs, 5-1, and 3-0. It's Gogans. We talked about the fact that uh, that quarterback, as NCAA investigated him in terms of ineligible, but all those were basically non-conference games. None of them were in the Eastern Division, so Bowie State is in the race. Even if they have to forfeit those games, they still can win the CIAA, and this is their first time to make a statement. Virginia State won it last year. Remember, their coach now, Latrell Scott, is coaching at Norfolk State, the Spartans. So this coach had struggled a little bit at the beginning of the game, non-conference schedule, but in conference rate, he's 4-2, 2-1. So he's right in the mix, so he needed this game. So this is a top-five matchup with Virginia State 5 we State won some at number three. So you say, what took place? Well, the games lived up to the hype. They were all close, entertaining games. Some of them going into overtime. It was just out of control in terms of the matchup. Let's start with Bowie State and Virginia State. Bowie State scores with basically 30-some seconds left, a touchdown to win the game, 22-19. I get texts. Emails as coaches from around HBCU landscape are looking for the show and the podcast. When I say the show, Dr. Ville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab, as well as this podcast, as we talk to HBCU Sports. So I got a little dig. Um, my colleague that uh, does the show on Dr. Ville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab every Tuesday from 6 to 7, as I throw that in, talking about tell your 
colleague to watch out who he chooses in these types of matchups. So he's throwing a little dig at him. He's excited. So I thought that was kind of. They must don't know who you are. No, he wasn't talking with me. He told I picked Bowie State. I knew what was going on. He quit. He said he thought Virginia State would get it done. So they were having a little fun with that. And they actually said the show was a great show and doing a lot of good. So it, it is. It is. very well. So it's very informative. Thank you. So with that, I thought that was big. Then we go to the Grambling game. Oh, man. You talking about a game that is exciting. Back and forth, 28-14 at the half as Alcorn's up. They can only muster seven points in the second half as Grambling just comes rushing back. Ties game at 28, scores late 35, but Alcorn comes back down the field and actually scores as they have to go into overtime. It's 28-28. They go into overtime. Grambling scores first, 35, scores relatively quickly. Alcorn State scores after a couple of series. And we've seen this quite a bit this year. Extra point, right? No biggie. <laughs> uh, he's a real biggie, especially as he gets blocked. Grambling wins the game 35-34 in overtime. Gets it done. John Gibbs Jr. is dejected uh, as they can't not get the win. That's his last homecoming at Alcorn and his last chance to make a statement against Grambling State. So uh, basically for his career. He's lost his last two games against Grambling and State. And there, there is a YouTube video of Grambling State's coach. Oh, yeah. That I posted. That someone posted and I retweeted and got two retweets from a Grambling people. He's, he, he was very emotional he's after very the win. Emotional. Very emotional. Remember they just lost Eddie Robinson's wife last week. He took his whole team over there. This is a son that grew up basically on Grambling's campus. When you talk about fobs, mm -hmm. his father played for the legendary Eddie Robinson. So he's grew up around it, uh, played for him himself. And so this means uh, quite a bit to him. And you could tell his emotions really overtook the fact that just the way the game went down, the way they came back, his team kept fighting in the fact that you had the loss. And they had pretty much had announced that they were dedicating this game to the wife of Eddie Robinson that just passed uh, a week ago. So that was a big matchup. And so then I looked at and had a chance. I was listening to the North Carolina A&T and Bethune-Cookman game. It basically went back and forth uh, until the end of the game. A&T scored late to go up 24-14, stopping Bethune-Cookman on a fourth and down. And then Bethune-Cookman had a chance to make it a little closer and maybe have the force onside kick. And they stopped him again on fourth down on the nine-yard line. Uh, as they went forward. It was interesting because I was like, you could have kicked the field goal at that time and then tried to onside. You still needed two scores. So I don't know if you forced it, but still very entertaining. A&T Aggies make a statement, and they take a early uh, bell curve hold on the MEAC as Morgan State was upset in a lot of ways by Hampton. As Hampton, as we said earlier, would take down somebody in that conference race. And this week it was Morgan State Bears, so it makes for an interesting matchup next week. So those are some matchups. The last one, but I saved the best for last. I already told you about Texas Southern getting back on the win streak, uh, beating up Valley 45-7 to in that type contest. There was the game of the week in my eyes, Prairie View and them traveling to Southern. The game literally went back and forth, tit for tat. Southern threw up the First points, three. Prairie View would not be denied. They come back, seven. And you saw this game kind of going back and forth. Uh, Southern did take an early 11, 10, 11 point lead in the second quarter. Prairie View came back and actually scored twice in a row to take the lead. And then it went back and forth. And then Prairie View scored late 
to go up on Southern by 10 points. And even as the clock was ticking down to zero, Southern had a late score <laughs> to make it really interesting. Wow. They win the game 47 to 42 in terms of just how wild and willy that contest was. We talked about Prairie View and A&M. Could they improve the defense? Um, they did enough in that game. They actually had a big goal line stance where you really talk about making a statement on the defense is they stopped Southern. Uh, fourth and goal <clears throat> to make a statement really worked out for them because um, they took the ball and ran, went down the field and scored, which really took the momentum in that game in a lot of ways. So it was a huge contest for Prairie View. Kudos to the Panthers as they make a statement and truly get back in the race. Now this really becomes interesting with Southern as we talk about this week moving forward. Southern comes to Texas Southern. They have to get that win. And then the week after that, they play Alcorn State at home which means they need to win that. And both teams will come in there because with that loss to Grambling, Alcorn all of a sudden uh, has to get back on the winning way, not just in terms of wanting to win, but Alabama A&M is sneaking up in the back with three losses there, but they're only two games down. So there's a little intriguing in the East Division that really people didn't see. But in the West, it's just really tight. Grambling is undefeated. Now Prairie View jumps over Southern. Both teams have one loss, but Prairie View now has the head-to-head -head break over Southern, and we already know that Prairie View lost to Grambling, so Grambling has the head-to-head -head tie break. So it'll be interesting going down the stretch. Grambling has fought off most of their tough competition other than that game against Southern. I'm not sure that they have anybody that's really going to scare them unless they just kind of let down their guard, but they would be favored in the rest of the games the season. So those are some things to keep on your mind. This week you have Jackson State. They're struggling. At, uh, they're hosting their homecoming against Arkansas Pine Bluff. As you talk about the homecomings going on the last couple of weeks, should be another interesting one to keep your eyes on in terms of some of the big games coming on this week. You also have Homecoming with the North Carolina A&T Aggies as they host Howard. That's always an intriguing game, but I think Howard is struggling. They'll be lucky to keep it close for a quarter in that game. So I think those are most of the games that are interesting this week in terms of some big games you want to keep your eyes on. The one that is the MEAC game of the week, which both teams having one loss and they can't afford another one if they're going to stay in the MEAC race, that is Morgan State. The Bears, I told you, just had that upset loss to um, Hampton are traveling to face North Carolina Central Eagles in Durham, North Carolina. So that would be a one to keep your eyes on for this week. And another one that would be interesting, homecoming for Bethune-Cookman hosting Norfolk State Spartans who had a tough loss this week. They were off last this past weekend, but two weeks ago they lost after they had two uh, conference win. So those are some of the big games that I say keep your eyes on as we're starting to move closer and this picture is clearing up. For most divisions, but that West, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out the next couple of weeks. And that'll do it for So me. will it take two weeks? Preview's off this week. I, I'm, what I'm asking though is, you mentioned about playing off a couple of weeks. Will it be two weeks or, or, or three weeks before it pretty much sets? And this might go down the stretch with uh, Prairie View, uh, Southern, and Grambling. You know, Southern and Grambling don't play the Bayou Classic. So the Bayou Classic may come down and determine whether you have two-way, three-way tie. Obviously, Prairie View still has to go to play Alcorn, so that's going to be intriguing. That's on the road in terms of that matchup. Like I said, Grambling looks uh, like they have they played most of the toughest competition in terms of playing Alabama A&M, playing Prairie View. Um, they've already played Alcorn. We just talked about their win. So really, in terms of the top four teams in the conference, the only one they have left is Southern. Southern still has 
uh, Alcorn to play still has Grambling to play in terms of that tough competition. And Alcorn still has Prairie View to play and still has Southern to play. Prairie View still has uh, Alcorn to play as we talk about uh, where they are. So that's kind of the scene. So I think this one, as you asked the great question, we call it Separation Saturday. Some uh -huh. teams separated themselves. Others pulled themselves back to the pack. So this might go a little further down into the season. So if you're a sports fan in terms of wanting to see things go down the wire, you need to keep your eyes on the swag. MEAC is just starting to get in that stretch play. We need a week or two more to kind of see how that may clear up to see ultimately who and what two teams will face off in the SWAC championship game. And the winner of that obviously will be facing the winner of the MEAC in the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta, December 19th. And again, I'll be at that one as well. Well, okay, how can folks find you, sir? You can find me online at Twitter and Facebook and at J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr. Sound, Google, SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, TweetDeck, AKSV, VCSR, V. College Sports Report. Doc? When you talked about that SoundCloud, that got me excited. There's a couple of coaches I promised I would give a shout-out to in a Have couple of programs. Do that, Doc. And do I that. need to do that. Ruffin. Gregory Ruffin at Texas College took over that program this year. He got his first win of the season. Boy, it was a tough one. 21-20 over Bacone. We talked about Bacone with Texas Southern. Well, Tyler, <laughs> Texas, he got it done there. He was telling me earlier that this – um, senior class, the seniors on this class, this is the first game uh, the seniors had won at home. So it was a big victory for him, big victory for the seniors, so I need to give them a look. So he listened to us, listed you on SoundCloud? Yeah, I, yeah, these coaches know. That's, that's great. That's great. They, they want some love. <laughs> need, Somebody talk mentioned. about me. Let them know. I'm these are coaches that I've had on periodically during different shows, not this year, but as we get into the towards the end and mm -hmm. we get some space for them, I'm going to bring them in, talk about what they need to do with their program. Another one, they got a big win. Kevin Ramsey, that's Defensive coordinator at Texas Southern here that led them to the championship on the field. Yep. Obviously, uh, was the interim head coach for a year. He took over at Clark Atlanta and took over really right before the season. I saw him trending in the right direction the last two weeks. He got a win. He got his first win for the Clark Atlanta Panthers. They defeated Benedict 24-3. to So, kudos to Kevin Ramsey for getting it done. Then we go over there to Mr. Woods. Coach Woods for Florida A&M. The Rattlers. Rattlers got their first win of the season as they uh, got down to the nitty-gritty and got it done. So, kudos for the Florida and the Rattlers as they got a big win this past weekend. Their first win of the season. So, I wanted to make sure I gave a shout-out to some of those coaches that are getting that elusive win and getting it done as many of them needed to as they far in between between some of these programs getting those wins. How bad are the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, they lost to the Texans. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, 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 that's, that answers a lot of questions right there. Bad enough when you give up 21 points in the fourth quarter to the Texans. Like I said. Blake Bortles I guess he was colorblind because he couldn't really see his own receivers well enough to complete pass to them rather than the Texans. Give up pick six, threw a horrible pass right before halftime. Instead of throwing it up and where the receiver could catch it, he threw it down at the man's knees. Yep. 
threw a pick six. Where Andre Hall picked it off. Uh, so, Andre Hall, excuse me, H-A-L, H-A-L, and he had a pick six as well. But yeah, Borders got picked off three times. Texans won 31 20. They're 2 and 4, right? 2 and 4 yeah. in the AFC South. Yeah. And she so run off a couple of games. So they're still, they're still alive in the woeful South. Because we, we, all of us, well, I'm not going to speak for y'all just yet. But I think I expect the Patriots to beat the snot out of the Colts Sunday evening. As I think payback. it'll be, it's just weird how the league is. I think it'll be closer than people, experts think. As long as myself. the right people get the points that I need. I'm the low man on the topo today. Kevin. But I do expect New England Patriots to win the game. Yeah. And that would make the Colts three and three? Yeah. So if that's yeah. right. What is that, two and one? In Texas the Texans would be only a game out of first place <laughs> at yeah. two and four. That's true. Amazing. So, you know. That's, that's, that's kind of. But that division right now is in a. But they can't be the Colts. It's in a spout. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's in a spout. And. Uh, Luck has missed what two games? Two games, yes. And he was having he was struggling in the in the two games before. Sure uh, was in the two games before that. Yep. So that's four games that he had he's had subpar. This this he didn't play in those two because you had the backup get the wins for him one late in one game and then obviously the other one he didn't play in uh, because of the injury he had. And so now he has an extra week off. We'll see just one. How bad is that injury? Uh, they expect him to play. We'll see if and will it be lingering to the yeah, point it, that and yeah. how will it affect him in the game? Because you would have to expect that luck uh, is going to rise back to the quality of uh, of the ability he has. But as you said, we got to see what that injury is really about. Yeah. And sometimes you have tough guys in this league to kind of play through injuries that they might not should be playing. Playing true. And we'll see how that affects him, or if he's just going in one of those droughts that. Maybe yeah. for a period of time and see what is taking place there. But when you look at this division, the Texans will tease those true fans out there. They'll teach them quite a bit this year because they'll be in the race because this division is just flat out bad. And so they don't have to do much to be in the race, uh, which is going to be frustrating for the fans that are going to see this team hover around and kind of give them ups and downs. Play to the level of the kudos, competition. Kudos to Brian Hoyer. He played well today at quarterback. Yes. As opposed to Mr. Mallet. So he played well. I think yeah. Hoyer kept his job as starter for another <laughs> One week. more week. So, so he uh, gets another week of start. So, yeah, they played the Dolphins, I think, next week. Who had a big win today? They finally uh, showed up, the apparently. Coach, quarterback. I mean, uh, they finally found some uh, defensive energy. Picking up six sacks in one game for them. Credited to one player in regards to Cameron getting it done with four sacks on the day, so it was a big game for him. This is a team that only had one sack over the first what four or five games. Wow, which is hard to, to believe in the, in the NFL this day and age. But right. Wildcat before Saturday, who was six and zero in high school football in HISD? Right? Was it Reagan? Was it Reagan? Reagan. Was, it, was it Reagan? Reagan. Was it Reagan? Was it Reagan? Are they still Bulldogs? I think it's still the Bulldogs, right? They, they are HIV school. They changed names like Lamar. Lamar's nickname is the Texans now, which threw me off. I was like, really? The Texans? You but know yeah. what? And and I, I I need to probably go to a game. You, you to, might want to spread to see what that looks to like. the listeners that are, that are outside of this region. What, what transpired? Yeah. called the Skins. The yeah, skins, they used so to be called the R's, so yeah. Yep, yeah, so. 
But uh, just like the state of California has actually yes. legislated out the use of the R word a few days ago, they 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 did do that, and that was that's big news. So, Mr. Snyder, you can try to fight all you want to. <laughs> It's inevitable, you know. You can just hold on. It's inevitable. Your last breath. Inevitable. So, and it's funny how your team continues to stink, and you continue holding on to that that racist name. So, anyway, but yes, Lamar defeated Reagan, thirty-three to fourteen, ending the uh, Bulldogs' six and zero undefeated start. I'm just throwing this out there because I didn't know Reagan was six and zero. Until, yeah, I, I did because uh, it's, it's quite a few people. My buddy around. told me that they were six and zero. Quite, quite a few asked people. Me, that we talking about Reagan, that. and I'm like, why? Because we went in football games. I said, y'all are. Because when I was in high school, y'all sucked. You know, they stunk for a long time. Yeah, and, you know, they they were they worse were, than folks. <laughs> and it, it, it's hard for me to say this. They were worse than Davis. Yes, during their run. You know that that says a lot. <laughs> Doc, that's how yeah, bad that was. That's, that's how bad they were. But, but they look forward to basketball season every year. Do they still do that too? Are they good. No, no, I don't know about now, but I know at one well, point. Yeah, at one point, yeah, because they had Willie Bird, the birds on them. They had the, at birds, the two yeah. bird brothers coming yeah. through there, got right behind each other. They was doing, they was hanging. So, so yes, my friend, enjoy your shout out, even though your team lost. Uh, but I think Lamar's in division, what division one, or Reagan's division two, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. So they're both going to the playoffs, and hopefully they. Uh, Represent HSD well and, and go fairly far in the playoffs, but you know dealing with them sub suburbs and stuff, it's like another world. HSD football compared to the other districts, yeah. it's like semi-pro football compared to the NFL. I mean, yeah. it's just like night and day. Night and day. So, as one of our buddies has said for years, if if HSD wants to be serious about athletics, they need to consolidate some of these schools and stop spreading out. These, I mean, we got enrollments of about 500 here and there, competing against schools of four, five, six thousand. I mean, the the the, the level of talent, the pool of talent, it's just not there. It's, it's, there's no, no not way anymore. Compete. Not anymore. So, not anymore. Because I don't know about your graduating class, but I know my graduating class from Wheatley with with overwhelms some of these. My, Total enrollment my, on some of the schools. My class was. Like, I, I know it was over over five hundred. What? Who no? Huh? Senior class three fifty three seventy five something like that. Senior class. That's class of ninety. Wow. So. My. My. So that's that's how we were then. And we're not much better now. So, you know so. And I know nothing. I'm, and I am not going to lie. I have not kept up with Waltrip Athletics, so I don't know how good the football team is. I think it's not very good. No, 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 no. Very good. They're, oh yeah, they, they, are they. Are they Reagan good? David, yes. Are they Reagan good? Are yeah, because Waltrip has only lost one game. Oh, who's, that, who's that to? Uh, don't remember. Enlighten me, because I'm. I'm. No, they, they, they are play bound, They are playoff hit and bound. Trust me, Waltrip is. Yeah. <laughs> they, they really? not. They not farting around. Yeah. I'm saying it really? just like that. They're not farting around. Really? They're, they're an HID school that's on the move. That's good to have. That's, that's glad to hear. Yeah, they're doing all right. Tell me about basketball. I don't know the story, Eddie. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it is. Here Folks, it is. crickets. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm just sure it crickets. Crickets. That's crickets. be good at Wall Trip. Yes, it did. Used to be. Had a couple of folks going off to big schools. Still got 
Denzel playing for the Rockets. He hopefully goes to the D League, you know. Let's see. Hold up. I'm looking at Waltrip Friday, October 16th. This can't be right. It says Waltrip 26, Yates 0. That's why I didn't say that. That's what? the reason I didn't say a word. That's the reason I didn't say a word. I got to call the last my dad time, and say, oh, the last guess time what? That was, that was confronted was when Coach Conga was on the, coaches, on the football oh, coach staff with, with, some, with some players. Wow, I need to put that on, on Facebook. Yeah, you, know? you sure do. I told you. Wow, I did, 26 to nothing. Big, Big D, had, he, he, he teaches that? me in touch. He makes sure I know what's going on with Wild Trip. Wild Trip is 4-3, and 2-2 two and two in district. How about that? They're going, oh. they going to the playoffs. They're going wow. to the playoffs. They're going to be all right. That? Hmm. I got some bragging to do. I need to tweet Roland Martin. And say, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, because he's coming to town. He's going to do in town here pretty soon. Yeah, you need to do that. Wow! But yeah, that, that made my day right there. Considering the R is lost, and Kirk Cousins stunk again at quarterback. But anyway, <clears throat> all right, Cougars play UCF yeah. this Saturday. That should be a win. It better be a win because UCF is winless. Do. So I mean, if, 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 if they fall off the rails and all this weekend, God, they better not come back to town. Exactly. Nobody. I, I Just nobody. SID, AD, fans that come that went down on the road with them. If you grand Cougar Red, you better not come back to Houston. A game will kick off at you better not come back to Houston. 11 o'clock Saturday. It's going to be on ESPN News. And there's a reason for that. UCF yes. is horrible. Yes. And that's the reason they got the, they got the 11 a.m. schedule. They want them on the field and off the field as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and you, it's a TV game, but it's one of those that's mandatory, so they want them as early as possible. And don't be messing up the day TV the rest of the day. Wow. Right. That's, that's how bad. That's how I bad that. We'll see if Greg Ward Jr. can get three more rushing touchdowns, you know, because he's, he's – Davey O'Brien? He's got nominated for a lot of the QB awards, so – He's playing well. He really has played well. As you last week um, uh, in the, in the uh, coaches on luncheon on Monday recap, uh, Coach Herman says, you know, Greg is, is as a quarterback. He's grown up in, in, in before our eyes. He's, he's grown up in front of us. You know, he's getting things done. He's he's starting to settle in. He said, but you know, it's, until he can open up his horizons and his vision. He's, still, he's got to follow the plan right now because what, cause at some point, all of that's going to come back and, and, and gather up in his brain. And when he needs to make a, a, a real decision, he'll be able to make that. But I'm proud of U of H alum. Let me tell you this. Seeing Memphis QB Paxton Lynch versus Ole Miss on Saturday, Dude. that young man is going to be on somebody on Somebody said that yesterday. They looked at me and said, they asked a question. said, He's going to on Sundays. Ben, ben Rothenberger? He's six foot seven. There. Yes, and he, Doc. And he's, he's mobile, too. He's, he, is. he is big and mobile and strong. He don't go down. Long arm, too. He's, he, can, he, he, can look, he can look across. When the linemen stand up, he can still look across the top of them. That's how big he is. And he's got that big arm. Yeah. And Memphis is 6-0. Oh, they won 13 straight games going back to last season. So, that U of H Memphis game, I'm telling you. Yeah. That's going to be something else. That, that's going to decide. That Probably who be sold out. Yes, two, it, it, that, is, that, is, that game will decide should, two things. Should it'll be decide, sell out, and it should sell out relatively early. Shouldn't be a game. It'll decide who will host the conference championship. 
and probably who will also get a, a New Year's a, a New Year's uh, day bowl. Well, Temple says, hold down, slow down, Dude, slow your. Ride. I don't see them. From I watched Memphis enough. You got to play the game. That, that, that's true, Doc. Well, let you that's pick true. it. But you got to that, play the true. game. That's true. You got a lot of pl- football to be played. Yeah. F- football is a physical sport. Physical sport. So injuries come into play. So yeah. So yeah. Slow. Your, Temple says. Slow not, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. So we, we we'll shall find see out how, how that goes. But yeah. So we're gonna end the podcast like we started it, talking about. The, the American, American Athletic that's right. Conference in is capital a football conference now. In capital letters. ACC. It's a football conference. Kudos to U of H, Memphis, and Temple. Good luck to, I think, all three of them play this week. Yeah, Temple plays Thursday versus ECU. It's on road games, so that'd be, that'd be interesting. Going to Greenville is, is no easy challenge. No. Memphis plays at Tulsa on, on Friday, and the Cougs play at UCF on Saturday. So, And all three of those games will be on uh, TV. Temple games on ESPN 2 Thursday. Memphis games on ESPN on Friday. And Cougars game, as Wildcat says, 11 o'clock on Saturday is on ESPN News for a reason. So there we go <laughs> right there. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time, your, your uh, insight, your opinions, and your humor. It's all part of our KG Fifth with Wildcat and Doc podcast. Not sure what we're going to do for the next podcast because me and the Wildcat will be in Orlando. So we'll figure something out. But That's listen, right. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. We'll listen, figure thank you very much for your, for listening, for sharing, your, for retweeting, for liking us on Facebook. Got some new likes on the Facebook page of the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc. So thank you, for th- thank you for that. Thank you for listening to us on SoundCloud. Thank you for listening to us on iTunes as well. Thank you for listening to us on, on the pod directory. We're branching out there all over the place. So we have not forgotten. We will still get the T-shirts out. So that's just on the work, so relax on that. Thank you for your tweets. We'll talk about the uh, Longhorns, uh, who had an off week, right? They were off yeah. this week, so we'll talk about yep. them in the next podcast. So don't worry about that, you Charlie Strong fans. So that's going to happen. We're getting closer to basketball season, college and NBA. So this is fun time for us. We didn't talk about much about the Astros because, I mean, they're done now. So look forward to next season for, for them. Carlos Correa was at the Rockets game last night. So uh, I saw that with his nice hat on too, looking smooth and clean. Yeah, he did. So he went. I think he was at College Station earlier in the day for the game against Alabama, and then came back home for Rockets and Heat. You, you can do that when so you when you're on that level. He's a star, so he probably was Ubered up up the, up the road and, and came back. So you never know. He can afford that Uber drive, you know. So that wouldn't be a problem for him. So yes, once again, wrap it up. The American Athletic Conference: three football teams in the top twenty-five. AP and coaches poll. Don't forget that, folks. The football business in the American Athletic Conference. In capital letters. So, kudos to Commissioner Resco. Job well done. Got to keep it going and uh, maintain this momentum going forward. Going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.